Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. Now, getting on to surrogacy, something that maybe many of you are not familiar with completely because maybe you don't know somebody who has uh, been involved in surrogacy. But families with children who have been through surrogacy are calling on the government to enact legislation to regulate it in Irish law because as we change and progress as society and things are new and medical procedures get better, etc., etc., these are parts of life. Uh, those born to international surrogacy are in kind of a legal limbo, so to speak, according to the Irish families through surrogacy, because their mothers have no rights over the children. So think about this logically, right? So a mother can't have a child through natural conception. And what happens is they will decide to surrogate a child, so they will hire the services of a woman, usually in another country. Um, the egg from that woman will be implanted into the woman in the other country. The sperm from the husband or the partner of that woman will be used. So essentially the baby or the embryo is belonged to the two people. Yet when the child is born, the mother is still the person who gave birth to the child officially and legally according to Irish law. And that mother who is the mother of that child, who is, there because it was her eggs, is not recognised as the mother and has to wait till they're two years of age even to get guardianship. So it has to get permission from her own partner or husband or any decisions around the lives of those children or child. So it's a very difficult situation and there is a whole moral debate around it as well. Uh, but I want to talk a little bit more about it. The current lack of legislation in Ireland means that a woman uh, is not recognised legally as the mother of their own biological child if they were born through surrogacy. And the Ukraine has become a popular destination, of course, with couples from Ireland due to its favourable legal system. But one mother, Lorraine Muldoon, has spoken out about the hurt that she felt over the fact that she's not seen as the legal mother of her two four-year-old twins, Molly and Annie, uh, that were born through surrogacy in the Ukraine back in 2017. And she joins me on the line. Lorraine, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Niall. Thanks for having me on. I empathise with you completely because my mother was not my mother. I was adopted. So my mother was not my mother as such. But she is my mother as far as I'm concerned and always will. And this is the whole argument. Is it, is it mother through nature or nurture? And she was yeah. my mother because she raised me. And she was legally my mother because she adopted me. You know, I was 18 months old at the time. So getting back to your story, I mean, you couldn't have a baby yourself. Um, when did you find that? What age were you when you found that out? In, I was 27. Okay. In 2007, I was diagnosed with cervical cancer. Okay. I'm so, sorry to hear uh, that. Yeah, um, it's it's a good long time ago now, but uh, straight away, we, we knew straight away that I wasn't going to be able to carry a child. Okay, that must have been devastating. As a woman, it, that must have been devastating. It was. It was, a, it was the worst part of it all, Niall. Because I was young, mm. the, the cancer, I just straight away thought, oh, I'll deal with that. You know, that's, yeah. of course I will. That's, yeah. that's fine. We'll do. We'll deal with that. But it was the it was the uh, infertility that really was devastating. Uh, devastated of course, yeah, because that was the, that was your whole future, your plans to have a family, and all absolutely. that immediately affected. Yeah, absolutely, completely. So um, straight away, uh, being a kind of control freak that I kind of am, I was right. What are the options? Uh, even before I started chemo, I was on the laptop googling. Okay. And uh, that was so back in 2007, early 2008, I started uh, looking at the options of what was happening even with surrogacy back then. Yeah. I mean, that, it would have and been in its kind of infancy at that stage, the legal, it, it the legal was, aspect. It was at that stage. And at that stage, there was already um, a report that was being sat on for a few years at that stage. 
And I thought, oh, that doesn't look too promising. It's a few years not being leg- legislated for. Maybe I'm too early into this area. Yeah. So after I had finished treatment and we got married in 2009, we embarked on adoption. Okay. And um, so we went through the whole adoption um, assessments, courses, uh, everything that goes with that and the, the waiting. And we applied for domestic adoption because realistically and financially, we, we didn't think that intercountry adoption was for us. Well, it's expensive. In, I mean, you're looking at 30 grand, I suppose. It was, to to it was. That was an yeah. element. And, a lot of, and and at the time, the Hague Convention was going through ups and downs. And it was yeah. a, it was a, a tricky area. So we decided it would be a longer wait, but we, we would try domestic surrogacy, wait for it. And in the meantime, we were... I was also um, keeping surrogacy uh, in mind. Can, can I ask you a question? Me. Was there yeah. a preference to surrogacy because... With adoption, obviously, it's it is somebody else's child. Obviously, somebody else gives birth to the child. It's somebody else's sperm, somebody else's egg. And well, in, the, in your yeah. mind, was there a difference in that and surrogacy, whereby you're using your your own sperm, your own eggs? Well, it, the the difference for me with the surrogacy was being able to be there from day one. Yeah, and having you know newborn, you don't yeah. know, you don't have to worry if a child has what, what difficulties the child has gone through. What adoption, of course, the ch- children have gone through some something traumatic and mm-hmm. with surrogacy you're, you know it's a new baby you're, you're holding and and that's nearly the harder part to accept that you can go down this path because I yeah. spent so many years accepting that I wouldn't go down that path mm-hmm. and uh, that was a big difficulty um, to nearly unwrap what you learn through the adoption assessment Yeah, to think well actually you know what now we're in a position that we will go for the surrogacy um, it, was, it was more it was more to um, to accept that, okay, I actually can do this from a new holding newborn baby. Yeah, because that part is important too, from a maternal point of view, the bonding, yeah. you know, that whole bonding experience yeah, yeah. with a child. Um, but to be honest, now the biology part isn't as big of a thing as people people say. Um, the, the most important thing with the biology part is that the surrogate isn't the genetic mother. Of course. But similar to the IVF, uh, traditional IVF, where a couple go into a clinic in Dublin or Prague or wherever they go. Um, people use donor eggs all the time and they and it's the same with it's the same with surrogacy. And there isn't uh, there shouldn't be the same um, mm-hmm. um, line, you know, it's kind of thinking that one is better than the other because there's a lot of couples out there who have used donor eggs. So it's it's not completely straight to say that okay. all so, so that the process all surrogacy the process is okay, so not you, the surrogate egg really is what I'm just okay. trying to say yeah. but it's it's not always straight cut I just don't want people out there who go down a different road to think that they're less of course um, oh, no absolutely that's that's really where I'm getting at because I know, I, 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 I know that because I'm in that position I was 57 years of age yeah. of course I, I was yeah. adopted and I had the most wonderful adoptive parents by the way who treated me treated me as their own but great but, great. but, but and insane. I feel less I already feel kind of different because of our legal situation now yeah. I, I just I'm only just saying that because I don't want other people that have gone down a different road in a um to feel even more different. That's all. That's why I'm just but bringing for, for that people up. who want to go, before we get to the, the legalities of it in a second and why we want to talk to you today, for people who are thinking of going down this road, uh, you decided obviously to go to the Ukraine because of yeah. the, they have a favourable legal system. So how does that yeah. work? Do you go over there and do they have like a selection of mothers with medical records, medical history, and then you you select which mother? Or how does that work? 
Well, clinics are different. We decided in 2015 that that we would abandon the adoption part and go down surrogacy. So research clinic spoke to our solicitor, Tracy Horn, and decided um, through um, just an educated decision what clinic we were going to visit. Okay. So we went uh, over in early 2016 to the clinic that we chose. Different clinics have different procedures. So the clinic we chose, they choose the surrogate for you. Okay. So they've already done their uh, screening and I know the surrogates have to have had at least one child of their own. Um, they would have to pass the various uh, medical fitness things. Okay. But we didn't actually choose her. So they but do, other, they other do other the clinics. due diligence on the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were happy with that. Now other clinics, other clinics now the, the, the parents do get profiles of um, you know, maybe two or three, maybe even more. I'm not entirely sure on okay. the numbers, but certainly some clinics do let the parents choose but we were happy to let our clinic uh, make that decision for us. Okay, so and then when do you go over, at what point in the pregnancy then, because obviously they use your eggs, they use your husband's sperm. We went, oh sorry Niall. And what point in the pregnancy then do you go over then, or do you have to be there? We were over, um, we were over early early days, March and April, for uh, sign-up stuff, and then um, our, our our first attempt ended in miscarriage, I'm sorry uh, to hear that. Yeah. That must have been nine, devastating. That you. was devastating, yeah, because once we had decided everything went so quickly and plain sailing that we were nearly like, oh, this is, play, you know, this is this is great, you know, yeah, there's yeah. no more hiccups along the road, you know, yeah. you just think that that's great. Um, so our, our first surrogate did, did get pregnant and uh, we got as far as the first early scan and then um, at nine weeks she had a miscarriage. So, yeah, that was, um, and, and that would be equally as hurtful to you as it would to anybody else who has had a miscarriage because it is your baby. Uh, and it is, you know, you have made this baby. So, it, I mean, it is, the woman is obviously carrying this baby for you. So it is, so that's equally as devastating yeah. as anybody having a miscarriage. Devastating, you know, we're part of, part of every part of that baby getting to where it had got to. Yeah. Uh, that, that bar. And um, then to just guess, because we just got an email um, the Monday of the June Van Holiday weekend and, 2016, um, just open an email, sorry, your surrogate has lost the baby. Um, so yeah, that was that okay. was a tough time. Um, but the clinic is a clinic are very good and you know they're they're efficient and they you know, they have their procedures, which is kind of what you need at that stage, you know, they pick you up and yeah. and ask you what you want and to do. And try again, try and, again. Yeah. So what they did was they um, gave us a new surrogate. Yeah. And about maybe two months later the 1st of August 2016, um, we had um, more embryos uh, implanted into a new surrogate. And thankfully, um, thankfully that was successful. And we found out at an early scan as well that, that we had twins on the way. Um, what, was that, what was that feeling like that you wanted, you wanted a baby and now you had twins? Oh, amazing. Um, absolutely amazing. We had just done upstairs, uh, renovated upstairs, and we were trying to decide on the size of the rooms. And we're like, well, if down the line the hands up being a nursery, great. But we made it a bit small because we really did not think we were going to have twins. And did you know, at that point, did you know the gender, by the way, of the twins? We we found out uh, the gender. I'm trying to think now, Niall, but um, I'm not sure what, what the, maybe the comment on 12 weeks, maybe. Okay. I'm not entirely sure. Maybe okay. a bit on. I can't quite remember. But two girls, anyway, popped up in, again in the attachments to the emails with the scans and the reports that the clinic sends you. And uh, okay. it is uh, girl so, and girl. So let's, so let's jump forward a little bit. So you, yeah. you go for the birth of the babies. And 
Um, what happens at the birth of the babies? Are the two babies, when they are delivered, are they immediately then passed on to you? With the clinic we were in, we were in Kiev, but we weren't actually at the hospital at the time. Okay. We were in an apartment close by. Um, I was very lucky. I was in touch with our surrogate. From We went over um, at around the 26-week mark for a scan, and we met uh, Irina for the first time. And um, I bonded with her straight away, and we mm-hmm. stayed in touch. So I knew from messaging her, um, you know, how, how, how everything was progressing, you know, right up to those last few days. So we had landed uh, on the Tuesday. We we knew she was going to be having a, a section sometime later in the week. But she hadn't, the clinic hadn't got an exact date to give us. But because I was in touch with her, she was able to give me more information quicker than what the clinic could. Good, yeah. So, um, so we were flying on the Tuesday. We got to our apartment um, and then we were there for a day or two. And then she messaged me Wednesday night to say my section is at half eight in the morning. Okay. So we knew quicker than what the clinic were able to tell us. So that was amazing. So uh, we were sitting at the kitchen table in our apartment, um, uh, just tapping the table, waiting for, for news um, at four past eight the, that Thursday morning. I can almost see the two. I can visualize the two of you sitting there yeah. staring at each other, waiting oh, patiently. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And then we had to wait for the clinic to let us know because she was having a section. She was out, but I'm sure, and mm-hmm. what with her phone. And so yeah. that was very, even more anxious part. We knew she was down, but we knew we couldn't contact her. And uh, so then shortly after, anyway, the clinic contacted us to say all the safe and well. And the two girls were born um, absolutely perfectly healthy. Um, Molly and Annie. Molly and Annie. Molly was born first. And um, she was um, eight pounds four and Annie was six six. Okay. So... Too big, that's too a big lot. Of, that's a lot of babies, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it is. Okay, yeah. so so when you came back to Ireland, then how many weeks do you, do you have to wait there before you come back to Ireland? Uh, we were there seven weeks, seven which weeks. Okay. is a lot. Most people are three to four weeks, but we had a heap of paperwork. Okay, because uh, my passport was in a different name because I had changed my name and I got married. Oh, and, okay, okay, okay. And I just ended up there during public holidays, and they were closed for ten days, and it was just rigmarole. Now, is there any but, issue getting a passport for Molly and Annie? So, did you get an Irish passport? For them? We don't get the Irish passport until until my husband gets his parental order. We well, get an emergency travel document to come okay. home. All right, so okay. all the, the documents from yeah. the consulate, yeah, all the documents, the contracts, everything are examined okay. in the um, Department of Foreign Affairs. So, here, so here's the problem, right? You come home to Ireland, you have your wonderful two babies, uh, Molly and Annie, with you. Um, everything else is as normal as if you had, you know, given birth yourself. But yeah. you're not legally recognised yeah. as the children's mother. Your husband is legally recognised as their father, but you're not their mother. Yeah, it's it's heartbreaking. Um, but the system needs an overhaul from start to finish. It needs an overhaul right from the time you land in the airport. Because because there's no one size fits for all for the whole country, each area can move quicker than the others. Yeah. My husband was two and a half years waiting to even be officially recognised as their dad. Yeah. Um, so the girls were two and a half, even when he got his parental order. And, and for you to even get guardianship takes two years. I, then, then when the girls were three, I was entitled to apply for guardianship, but that didn't come through until they were three and a half. But you're still not legally their mother. No, no, I'm just. So what? So what's what's and clarify. So just for my own ignorance, what's on their birth certificate as their mother? I am on their birth certificate as their mother. Okay. I am. Yeah. There's no there's no mention of the surrogate on their birth certificate. Okay. Um, in Ukraine, it's completely legal. It's regulated. She has no uh, biological or U- It's also it's a Ukrainian birth certificate. Yeah, yeah okay. Ukrainian birth certificate. Okay. And then we come home and everything is done through the dad because 
because I didn't give birth to the baby. So everything that has to be done with these girls, you, they have to get permission off the father and not off you. You can't make decisions legally on their behalf. Exactly, yes, legally. Until their guardianship after they turn yeah. two. And it's not even just after they turn two. That's even sounds it's simpler than it is. It's after you get your court appearance. You can apply it too. And we all know how yeah. slow that can be in this country. Exactly, yes. yeah. To say I was, they were three and a half when I got it. But it's, um, it's the title that upsets everybody more than anything else. It is. It's the title that, you know, even my adoptive mother was my mother. And, and yeah. she is my mother. And she was my mother. Now, don't get me wrong. I have two mothers. I have a biological mother and an adoptive mother. But in saying that, you just want to be their mother. And you are yeah. their mother, by the way. I am their mother. But I want it to be acknowledged in our rights. I mean, we need to have the parental order issued at the same time as the dad get a parental order. Yes. It should be an absolute joint. It should be an automatic. It's your eggs. It should be. Absolutely. It, it should be just a joint. These are the intended parents. That, that's us. Um, and well, we're you are genetically the child's mother. You know, and, and that's it. You know but I mean? the, as I say now, the, the genetics is that the intended parents is the, is the, is the, the point. You know, yeah. you're, you've, you've, we have done this ourselves. We have done this. Um, we have always been the intended parents of these babies that are going to be born. Yeah. Um, and that, and, and our surrogate has signed every document under the sun to say that she has no uh, legal want for for uh, the children. Yes. Um, so it should be. So same. she has wavered her rights. She has her. wavered all rights. Yes. She has, we have, I'd say, at least half a dozen contracts signed yeah. by Irina. Um, and what, what is the, all which way. what is the disconnect? And is that disconnect the same, say, for India? I know people uh, surrogate from India and Florida and places like that as well. A lot of people, I know somebody went to Florida to, to have a child surrogated as well. Well, but the state, the states, the children get passports before they come home. Uh, but yes, in, but uh, yes, they are in the same legal boat. Yes, they don't okay. have to go through the Department of Foreign Affairs for for the emergency travel document because they can get. The, the children get passports before they travel, so they're yes. not on the Department of Foreign Affairs radar. But but uh, but legally, yes, they're, they're in the same boat. Well, the Irish law is is the, the mother is the woman who gives birth. Okay, so you what you're asking for is is quite logical to me, and and just should be just common practice. In other words, when you arrive home, once you have a waiver and a form and a, a declaration by uh, the woman who gave birth to the child, that yeah. you, as the mother of the child and genetic mother of the child, should be legally able to go into the department. Uh, register your name as the mother of the child and for all intents and purposes from a legal point of view going forward you should be recognised as the mother of the child and it it can't be simpler really. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. If it was that simple it would be great but e- even if we did have to even making things slightly more complicated because it more than likely will be um, even with, with the joint parental order would be a starting point mm-hmm. and even um, th- then similar to adoption if there was a surrogacy birth cert issued just like an adoption birth cert and a new Irish birth cert with us as their mother um, yeah. on that. And that is one of the recommendations on Conor O'Mahony's review. Um, he's a special child rapporteur, and he was asked to complete a review of the children's rights for the new surrogacy bill. And you would um, imagine we would take all these things a little bit more seriously or certainly uh, a little bit more speedily. Yeah. When we look back at Irish history and how we treated children who were adopted even in this country, for example, and how we, you know, for example, it took me 57 years or 54 years just to get my birth cert. I mean, yeah. you would imagine we would be able to handle and deal with these situations yeah. a little bit more empathetically, wouldn't you? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it shouldn't take uh, people like me and lots of other families like me now coming out publicly publicly to try and speak for our children because 
But it's, it's not fair that you have to, it's not fair that you have to come on radio and tell your story. Yeah, it's we've, not. We've, we've, the country has gone through a lot of things where children have been at the the, the butt end of it, and this is what's happening again. And it and it makes me it makes me sad for if I have to tell my children when they understand it that I'm not their legal mother. And I and That's it makes me sad to think of the children that are now like I like I said mm. earlier when we started looking at surrogacy back in 2008 2009 when it was starting. So there are children here that are late teens and they're now hearing this, they're reading it. I'd say the kids that are even from 8, 9, 10 years of age now are hearing it and trying to understand it um, and that's just going to continue as the years go on. I, will, you know, I, I, hope, I, I would hope that by the time your children become of a level of understanding or the age of understanding, of maturity of understanding, uh, maybe 11 or 12 years of age, that all this will have changed and that you won't I, have to go through that, Lorraine. I, I absolutely hope so, Niall, because the report even that Conor O'Matney said, he said he recommends that it, the anom- anomalies need to be done at the earliest possible opportunity. And I think that that opportunity, it has to be now. What, what, what can possibly be the delay? They have the recommendations yeah, on his report. They are they are very much um, the same as what the Irish Families to Surrogacy and NISIC and Equality for Children, what we're all calling for. They cover a lot of the points the parental order, the birth cert overhaul as well. And uh, really, mm. you know, it's all in black and white what it is that, that our children Absolutely. need. And uh, that's really what we're, I, okay, we're trying so to if, push if, for. If people need more information, Lorraine, where's the best place people can go and find information on, in relation to this? Or indeed, if they need to lobby somebody or who do you recommend? Or how can people help, I suppose, is the best thing to say, isn't it? Well, on um, t- uh, Twitter and on Instagram, Irish Families to Surrogacy and NISIC are you know, we're very much trying to push for um, updating people on what they can do. Yeah. Um, if you lob- lobby-wise, um, I know I was in touch with Damien English's office. He'd be my local TD, and yep. he's been very supportive. And um, and I suppose just se- send, you know, your local representatives and see if they can raise the issue in their in the chamber and just try and get the conversation out there as much as we can. Uh, because we need to be listened to it's for for our children and it's for us mothers. It's like we are so affected by this as well. You know, it's you know, it's it's frustrating. It makes us feel sad and helpless that we're not recognised, feel invisible. You know, you just feel. I don't even know how I how I couldn't imagine because I have three children of my own, and I couldn't imagine how it would feel to not be legally recognised as their father. I mean, yeah. I, particularly at a very young age when I think back when they were very young. And I was so proud. You're so proud to have your children. Yeah, it just puts it puts the taint. It puts the taint does, on the whole experience. And we've gone through so much to have them. And they're the most amazing two little girls. They're absolutely incredible, absolutely yep. incredible. But it tinges the whole experience to think that by law, you know where we're at now. And it's, mm-hmm. uh, we just need to change. We need to change absolutely. for all the I children agree out with there, you more. And, I think and I... all the mothers and all the families. We, it needs to be. It, it needs to be changed. And, and now is the time because there's plenty of of reviews done, there's plenty of words written, there's plenty of words spoken. I think now is the time, um, if, you know, for the uh, officials that be to actually make the, the bill, get the bill enacted mm-hmm. and let's move on with, with getting these things sorted out. Well, look, I wish you and your children and your partner, uh, Molly and Annie and, and your partner as well, the best of luck in the future and I hope this has changed sooner rather than later and you're recognised as to what you actually are, which is the mother of these two children, because that's what you'll be for the rest of their lives. Exactly, that's it. Not just till they're 18, like the guardianship does. No, it's nurture and nature. (laughs) That's what it is. 
amazing. Thanks very much. Listen, Thanks, thank you, Lorraine. You've Thanks been wonderful. And thank you very much indeed for talking to us today. Take All care right. now. Bye-bye. Right. Well, there you go. An ever-changing world that we live in and we need to start recognising the ever-changing world that we live in. And certainly when it comes to this particular issue, there is no, issue, no reason why anybody should not be recognised as the mother of children uh, that they genetically formed. Yes, because obviously somebody can't conceive. They have to use surrogacy and whether you like it or not. And I know some people don't agree with surrogacy and that's fine. That's your opinion. You're entitled to it. But in saying that, it happens and it's a fact of life. And couples are using the service just like they use the service of adoption, just like they use many other services, which, without which I wouldn't be here today. So in saying that, I think it's time we start to recognise things. It's, it, look, it can't be the biggest deal in the world that when somebody comes back from India or comes back from Florida or comes back from uh, Russia or the Ukraine, shall I say, wherever it happens to be, and they come back to Ireland with a child that they themselves have been the makers of, that that child should be recognised as theirs. It's not rocket science. And it should be something that we could do fairly, very quickly. Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits.